Welcome back to Sports Day WA on this King's birthday long weekend Monday. We're here for the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. And, of course, the leg up is now Australia's fastest-growing tipping service. Let me give you one at Grafton, race seven tomorrow, number three, I am good at this. He got the job done, two back at short odds to break his maiden and then sat on a fast pace last time out when grabbed in the shadows of the post by the well-supported favourite. The Quinella gabbed third there and can only strip fitter. Receives a favourable map but when his main danger, Vialdemore, gets a double-figure draw and should settle a long way from the lead speed and it'll be hard to beat again. Get a leg up on the bookies with Australia's fast-growing tipping service, thelegup.com.au. And don't forget the Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American football's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in-store at Beaumont's before November 12 and you're in with a chance. T and C's do apply. And to save time and water, Irrigear is here with a couple of the latest sports news headlines. And North Melbourne will receive three extra first-round draft picks across two years in a bid by the AFL to help lift the club off the bottom of the ladder. The Kangaroos won only three games in 2023 and have failed to finish higher than 17th in the past four seasons, including Wooden Spoons in 2021 and 2022. They have won just 12 times in the past four seasons, and the commission decided today that the club will receive one extra first-round draft pick in 2023 and two in 2024, as well as the continuation of two additional rookie list spots for the 2024 season. And, of course, one of the big stories uh, is the Wallabies. Their World Cup from hell is almost over after that historic 40-6 to defeat to Wales, all but confirmed that the Aussies will miss the quarterfinals for the first time in tournament history. And for Irrigear, which offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions to save time and water, Irrigear is here. We now go to France, where our rugby correspondent is there in Mick Collis. Oh, Pete, my pleasure. It's just a shame it's not under a happier circumstance. Did you forecast anything like that last night? We knew Wales was going to be tough, but 40 to 6? No, no, no one saw that coming. Um, Wales didn't have a very good Six Nations. Um, they they sort of started to come good. They beat Fiji in their opening game, and everyone thought, oh, they you know, turned it around a little bit. But look, that I mean, look, the biggest loss we've ever had to Wales. Everyone was going to the record books last night. You've got to go back to 1973. It was a 24 point difference, and then last night, you know, 46 was at 34 points. And yeah, look, no one, no one saw that coming. I, I honestly thought the Wallabies would win last night. I thought. They're in a desperate situation and, you know, we're, we're at our best when the backs are to the wall. And I thought if, if we lose this game last night, that we're basically out of the... We won't make it past the pool rounds, which has never happened before in Australian rugby history. And, you know, always been such a proud rugby nation. So I thought that desperation would get us over the line. But, you know, well, you know Wales scored in the first couple of minutes and then it was just, you know, pretty much all downhill from there. So just a really, really disappointing performance. And, yeah, one, I did not see that coming, certainly not by that scoreline. You're a rugby aficionado. Only a miracle reported uh, in the remaining games of Pool C will see Australia through to the quarterfinals. What's the equation now, Mick? So, Fiji, who beat us in, in our opening game, they need to be beaten by either Georgia or Portugal. 
And I look, in, I think maybe the old Fiji, they might have been a little bit susceptible to maybe Georgia. They won't have a problem with Portugal, but just this new Fijian team, they're, you know, since they've been in Super Rugby, they've become a really professional side and, and they know that this is their chance to make it through the through to the quarterfinal. So they'll they'll come out and they'll blow them away. So I look the miracle is Fiji losing to, to Portugal and Georgia and look that that it's look look it can happen but it just won't happen. There, mm. there's no way that's gonna happen. So there might be a, a greater being somewhere that does somehow create that miracle, but um, geez, you know what? It's come to us now. The most important game for Australian fans now is going to be Fiji Georgia, because we're going to rely on Georgia to beat Fiji for us to actually make it through the to the quarterfinals. And I, and I can't believe that I'm even saying that because that that was unheard of coming into this World Cup. Mick, how many Australians are over there supporting the Wallabies? And if so, uh, the mood in the Australian camp must be very much uh, pretty low. Yeah, you know, look, I mean, the great thing was we had a wonderful day yesterday in Lyon. Um, and the one great thing about Rugby World Cups is just the, it's an international flavour, like the Soccer World Cup or the Olympics, but I think rugby's got that very special um, celebratory kind of atmosphere. And there was just so many Welsh guys singing songs in the pubs and lots of Australians around in Lyon yesterday. So everyone was upbeat and, and in a good mood. And I reckon the, the stadium last night was uh, probably probably 40% sort of people in gold. So a lot of Australians, in other words, 40 tour groups from Australia had to send it on, on Leon for the match last night. Everyone was very upbeat and very buoyant, but just along with that game went, just you could just feel the air leaving the stadium from the Australians' point of view. A few fans started leaving early, and you think, you know, you've come halfway across the world to watch your team play, and people were leaving early. And I'm thinking, geez, that's a, a really sad indictment on, on the way that the uh, the Wallabies were playing. But, look, just everyone's disappointed. I was, I'm over here with Mitch Hardy. He said he, he woke up this morning feeling oh, he'd been punched in the guts. And, mm. and everyone's, you know, it's a really, it's a, it's an, and being a fan, as you know, it's an emotive kind of uh, existence. You, you ride the highs and the lows, and it was pretty stressful going into last night's game and then just watching your your team's chances disappear, it's, uh, you know, you do take it on board. And, yeah, you're on a little bit flat this morning. I know the, the uh, atmosphere would have been a lot different or the mood a lot different this morning if we woke up having beaten Wales last night. We'd all be up and about. But, yeah, everyone's a little bit sombre this morning. It's, uh, yeah, not, not a great mm. result. And just the media giving it to, to Eddie Jones as well. So I'm not sure what his future is going to be with uh, Rugby Australia. Yeah, there's speculation, even on the other side of the world here, that he may quit as coach just months after signing that five-year deal. But going back to the performance last night, Mickey, it seems to be plagued by another messy performance, poor decision-making and a few disciplinary issues as well. Yeah, that's, you know, the discipline's been such a... It's been a real problem for Australia. I mean, the only positive is we didn't actually get any yellow cards. I think every... The last 10 test matches, we've got yellow cards. So no yellow cards. But just um, some decision-making. There was a time, I think it was about 35 minutes in, and uh, it was... 10-6 with the score, and Australia got a, a penalty pretty much in front of the post. Instead of taking the three points, which were you know right on offer, to make it 10-9, we kicked for the corner to try and win the line-out and score a try. Lost the line-out. They've got the ball, gone up the other end, and then five minutes later, they've scored a try. So it was one of those real turnaround turning points in the game. So decision-making was poor. I thought our skill level was really bad too, and, it, and we were watching when the backs were passing. You know, you want the ball in front of your chest, because that's where your hands are going to be. But these guys are trying to pull balls down from up above their head, out on the high above their shoulder. So it just takes up a little bit of time, a little bit longer to get those balls, which then allows the defence that, you know, split second of time to get up in, in their defence. So 
it just it was a really it was a poor performance. Discipline, yes, was very poor. Decision making, I thought, was poor. But you know, we had we had no co- no cohesion because this is again a team that hasn't played a lot together. It was a, almost a new nine ten combination with Tate McDermott and Ben Donaldson coming on because Carter Gordon, you know, he got hooked last week, so they hadn't played a lot together. Um, so that meant Donaldson and his outside or his inside centre hadn't played together. That's where that first try they snuck through a gap because those two guys were just a metre apart when they should have been that little bit closer. So you know, and then the composure, just not not being able to. And I think that came back to that experience. And, you know, Eddie Jones, he said he wanted to pick a young side, but when you don't have experienced players there, you know, like Michael Hooper or Quade Cooper, I'm not saying they were the answer, but we didn't have that experience. So we're in those tough times that you've got guys that have been there before can calm the team down and say, look, fellas, it's going to be okay. You've got all these young guys that aren't really sure what's going on. And it just kept imploding. So, you know... Lots, lots of problems. I mean, look, it's all you know, water under the bridge now. But it was just disappointing to see it unfold. And a lot of people called it before that match, saying these are the problems we're going to have. And then we sat there and watched them unfold for eighty minutes. So mm. it's not like it was a surprise. It's just disappointing that it did eventuate. Yeah, Mickey, just having a look at the World Cup, as you mentioned, people come from right around the world to support their nation. I was talking to a couple of my South African mates this morning who sat up and watched South Africa and Ireland, and the Irish were victorious. I think it was thirteen to eight. And they said that match last night was worthy of a final. It was just intense. The, the South Africa Island one, yeah, it was fantastic. And we, we all watched that over here. And, you know, it's, again, it's, you go to a bar and you, you, meet, you meet friends from around the world just because they've got a rugby jersey on from wherever country it might be. And as we were watching that game, we were thinking, wow, if Australia gets through to the semi-finals, has to play one of those teams, we're going to get beaten by 50. We, we were that far off the standard of that game. And that was a cracking game. And, the South Africans, they'd be disappointed. They, you know, they normally their kickers are fantastic. They missed four penalty shots on goal. So really, if they'd have got the four that they would normally get any other day of the week, they would have beaten Ireland. But Ireland are one of the favourites for the for the tournament, so that certainly wasn't a surprise. But geez, I think South Africa will be filthy that they left those points behind and, and didn't win that game. But yeah, look, the standard of that match was outstanding. I think so far probably the match of the tournament in terms of just the, the level of intensity, the skill, the size, the speed that these guys play at, they're just so clinical. And that, that sort of has set the standard. And yeah, look, Australia, unfortunately, are a long, long way off that. Mickey, well, let's get back to the tour group, and I really do appreciate your time. You've been a, a rugby aficionado as long as I've known you, and I've long, known you for a long, long time. Is this our lowest ebb, Australian rugby now, if we don't get out of the pool group, which looks pretty likely now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is this is rock bottom for Australia. I mean, you know, we're a team that's won the World Cup twice, and 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 to not even and this is you know we've we've got through we've had a couple of um, times we've been knocked out in the quarterfinals, which has been disappointing. But to actually not not even make it through the pool rounds is you no, know, it's it's unheard of, and it's so it's disappointing for the game in Australia because we use these World Cups as we saw with the Matildas. The Matildas going well in the World Cup. You got all every kid in Australia now wants to play soccer because they've seen the Matildas in the World Cup. There's all the hype about the World Cup. Australian rugby they really rely on these World Cup cycles to boost interest in the game because that doesn't get the media that the NRL or the AFL does get. So the the World Cup is that's the we hang our hat on the international side of the game and and when Australia does well at the World Cup, we saw it after 91 and 99. The junior numbers go through the roof. The sponsors come out of the woodwork. They want to be involved with a successful team. So all of a sudden, we've got a team that's you know, basically disappearing off the sporting landscape in Australia as it is. If you Google top 10 sports in Australia, rugby doesn't make it. So for us to be bundled out with the, you know, without 
causing a whimper in a, in a World Cup. You're going to have particip- participation rates. They're certainly not going to increase. The general public interest, that's not going to increase. And then they're talking about private equity coming in to, to put some money into Australian rugby. Well, they'd be thinking, well, is that really where we would put our money? The only positive thing for them is that if they're buying the stock, they're buying it at the lowest price it's ever going to be. So it might be seen as a good investment, but... It really is. It's really, really disappointing. And yes, for me, I think the lowest the lowest point in Australian rugby is right now the fact that we will not make it through the pool rounds of a World Cup, a competition we have won twice. We were once considered to be one of the most respected, powerful forces in rugby, and we're you know, as I said, not even going to make it out of the pool games. Uh, all right, Mick. I know it's a tough day after what was a disappointing performance last night, but you're a great tour leader, and I know that everybody in your group will be enjoying themselves for the next couple of days and certainly what uh, rugby is just around the corner. Thanks for your time, mate. Very much appreciated. Enjoy your day there in France. Yeah, thanks, Pete. And the positive is we do have Portugal coming up, so I reckon we might be able to take a win. So it'll be nice to, nice to see Australia win. So good on, good on us. <laughs> good on you, Mick. Thanks for your time. I much appreciate it. Mick Collis, live there from France uh, after the Wallabies' uh, poor showing last night against Wales, losing by 40-6. to six. And as I said, only a miracle in the remaining games of Paul C would see Australia jump Fiji for a second spot in the berth in the quarterfinals. And as Mick has pointed out... Highly unlikely. That's it for the program on this holiday Monday. Thanks for joining us. I'll be back again tomorrow from 5 o'clock. Of course, we'll have a brand new Brownlow medalist, Nick Dacos, Marcus Bontempelli, Christian Petrarca. Who will it be? Will it be maybe a dark horse? Or we'll have the full wrap for you tomorrow from 5 o'clock right here on SENWA. Thanks to Paul Heath, who's been the executive producer today. And also Asher as well uh, for panelling the program. Thanks for your time. See you tomorrow at 5 here. All thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, who have been serving WA for over 45 years. We'll see you tomorrow.